And there's a lot of people who like swear by it and get really great results from it. And that's because when they show up to do it, it feels good. It doesn't feel hard and like it's sucking your soul. <laughs> and because if, if, if you show up and it feels like it's sucking your soul, that is the energy that's going to come through to other people. Whereas like, like for me, I like lives. It gives me energy to talk to another person. So I always do them with another person, not just myself. It, that's what's fun for me. And then people feel the real me and therefore they connect with me and then they come and get my help. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketing listeners, welcome to today's episode. Our guest is Tracy Borson. Tracy is a corporate marketing dropout, personal brand advocate, and believer that bringing your personal brand to work is not only what's best for you, but what's best for your work as well. She's the owner of TLB Coaching and Events, where she's all about supporting people in uncovering their personal brands, owning their brands, and amplifying their brands. As you're well aware, I'm a huge advocate of authentic branding and marketing, so I am super pumped to have another marketer whose journey is a lot like mine here to talk about my favorite thing, authentic branding. So let's dive in. Tracy, welcome. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So defining your personal brand, I believe, it is harder than it sounds. At least it was for me in my journey. I don't know about you. So where did you start? Where should listeners start? And kind of what's the process of defining a personal brand look like? Yeah. And so one of the most important things that I want to just frame for our conversation today is that we're talking about authentic personal brands. And so there's lots of ways that people might be able to teach you to create a personal brand. An authentic personal brand is based on who you actually are. Uh, and so again, it might seem like it should be second nature to just know who we are and be that. And unfortunately, what happens as we grow up is we are continually taught to be specific ways. And we don't have that much opportunity to practice being who we actually are. And therefore, the act of per authentic personal branding is really getting back to who you authentically are at your core and being able to move from uncertainty to clarity, to confidence in who that is and how you're showing up to the world. And so in terms of the best place to, to look to get started, it really is inside. Um, there's lots of experts you can follow. There's lots of books you can read, but personal branding really comes down to you and looking at who you are and what you value. So the first tip I always like to give is where do you find joy? And what types of activities do you find joy? Do you find pleasure? Do you find fun? Any of those words that you might use to describe a pleasant experience?
experience for you. Uh, maybe it's excitement, maybe it's calm and relaxation, but any of those things that feel quote unquote good is where you can start to look at what are the types of things that are aligned with who you are as a person. The reason why you feel good in those specific scenarios is because something is happening that you believe should happen. And it's almost always tied into our values. Why do I love this goofy moment with my son? Why do I love watching this person blossom into their next version of themselves? I always think about, I used to coach baseball when I was younger and there was this kid who was on my team and he had hardly ever played. He had played one season before the kids were like, I think they were about 13, 14 years mm -hmm. old. Um, and he like, he was playing second base and someone hit like a line drive right at him. So he caught it, but he was shocked that he caught it. And then he threw it. Uh, everyone was like, throw it to first because the person running from first was equally shocked that he caught it. Um, <laughs> and he made a double play. And to watch him just like be so proud of himself was something and like, seem might seem like a random moment to other people but for me it just like really stands out and that's because of the things I care about I care about personal achievement I care about teamwork I care about growing and improving and so like that really stands out for me and so for everybody else they have equally might seem like random things to everybody else but to you those are the things that make you you and that is the very important part to start with because that's your foundation of building your authentic personal brand yeah i that makes a lot of sense and i i've had somebody another colleague of mine who has said something very similar that like you know when you look at kind of those spaces that you feel really good in that is what feels most natural and that ends up what's feeling the most authentic to you and to your audience how do you tackle then kind of putting that out there? Because I think that there's, you know, how you then express that without maybe sharing all, like, I'm a private person, for example. So I find a lot of joy in my family, but I don't necessarily put my family out, like, all over my public channels and things like that. So how do you, how do you then coach people to kind of start pulling pieces of those and how does it translate from I find joy in this in my personal life to this is how I present it as my brand or as part of my brand mm -hmm. it's a really important question because just like an authentic personal brand is based in you how you choose to share it is also based in you mm -hmm. and the rule that I live by in this arena is do you want to share it <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you feel, it might seem simple, but if you feel like you want to share it, then share it. And there's a lot of other narrative that comes with that or like, well, I can't do that because that's me talking about a mom and I can only talk like being a mom and I can only talk about business or that's not professional or that might be confusing, right? A lot of these, there's a lot of reasons why we don't share things. And if the reason is you don't want to share it, then it's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> but if Fair. the reason is anything else besides you don't want to share it, it's not based in you. It's based in someone else. And so if you're feeling like you want people to know about this or you have a way that you can tie this experience into a point you want to make or an offer you want to make or any of those things, go and do it. And this, 
again, it might seem simple. The complexity here is that you're not used to doing that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so it takes practice to say like, oh, I'd really like to talk about this and then just going and talking about it. And also not then like, because especially if you're doing social media, social media mostly is written um, unless you're doing a lot of video content. But then I also know people who like re-record and re-record and re-record and re-record video content because they're trying to make it perfect. And we do that subconsciously also with written content, right? We've been taught in school to like, edit as we write and the thing that we tend to edit out is our personality and our personal brand um, to make it most effective or clear or fill in the blanks with what you're trying to do with your content um, so we filter those things out and it, the more times you rewrite or re-record or any of those things the more of your passion your frustration or your love or whatever was going into that post in the first place you filter out and people connect with you because of emotions. So when we filter all of our emotion out of our content, we aren't giving anybody to connect with. And so it takes practice, though, because there is vulnerability that comes into play. The societal narrative attached to vulnerability is still weakness, right? And I think a lot of us have had experiences where that is not true, but we assume that that's what people think about us when we're being vulnerable. And so looking at it from a state of like, oh, I'm really feeling X right now. I'd like to talk about it. And then just going and talking about it <laughs> um, is, is the key. And that takes practice. Um, so if you guys ever need a nudge to do that, follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm like constantly poking and prodding people to say what they want. But that doesn't yeah. mean that you say everything right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like being authentic isn't telling every single person on social media about every single aspect of your life. That's not what authenticity is. Authenticity is saying what you want to say when you want to say it. And Mm -hmm. that's it. I think that's a great point that it doesn't being authentic doesn't mean that you have to be an open book. Because I think that, you know, you can be an open book in some chapters of your life, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be in all of them. And I think that in a lot of ways, what you saw is kind of like authentic and vulnerable, especially like on Instagram, kind of up and coming. It was it was that idea that you kind of had to use your platform as your diary and like you had to put mm. everything out there. You had to put every argument with your spouse out there and like have some like huge takeaway or revolutionary takeaway that you learned from it or whatever. You had to put every moment with your kids out there. And that you just had to be like totally open and out there for everyone to see. But I think you make a great point that authenticity doesn't mean that you have to share everything. You just have to be, you know, really candid about the things that you are sharing and you have to be really honest about the things that that you're choosing to share. It doesn't mean it has Mm -hmm. to be every single thing. Yeah. And one of the important pieces too is that you're sharing something because you want to share it right? There's a lot of content creation advice. And I argue with people all the time who say you have to post every day. Because the somebody who's not comfortable posting content, telling them they need to post every day is like the most daunting thing that they could ever try to accomplish. And this is not like that's not nobody starts that way, right? Like we're not all like, 
hey, I went from zero to 60. It's just not a thing, right? You can't do it in a car. You can't do it with your content. And so it's about finding those times where it feels comfortable, right? Like, okay, I saw this other person post something about personal branding and I disagreed with it. So now I feel like I'm going to do my own post with the opposite perspective, right? That's a great reason to post. But to post just to post, there's so much content that goes out. And this is why it's tricky in the content creation arena is because people create so much content and they don't always care about the content they create. They just care that they're creating content. And so the, the flip side of what I always talk about on the authenticity angle is like, don't share something if you don't have something to share. I actually just got off a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, we're in Canada, so it's Canadian Thanksgiving when we're recording this episode. And she was like, I pre-scheduled a bunch of stuff for the weekend. And I was like, oh, I'm just like not going to post on the weekend because it's Thanksgiving. Um, and you know what? Last year on Thanksgiving, I hadn't planned to, to do anything. And then I was having this moment of like gratitude for my family. And it's like so clearly spoke to me about my personal values of family. And so I wrote a blog post about it, but I didn't plan to write a blog post about it. It's because I had that moment of clarity and I went, I want to share this with other people. And I wrote a blog post. So it's, it's, it's about that. It's about having a feeling. And then when you feel like you want to share that feeling with more people, do it. And if you don't, it's like totally fine to keep it personal. And it's also totally fine. I always use this example. So last August, my high school basketball coach passed away. And I hadn't seen him for a very long time, but it hit me really hard. And I couldn't, like, I wanted to honor him and I wanted to talk about what he had taught me as a coach. Like, I'm now a coach. He taught me a lot as a coach and I wanted to share that with people. And it took me about a month to feel like I had gotten from the point of sadness to the point of clarity where I could actually do him justice with a post. And it, to this day, is one of my, like, most highly best received posts. And... I just realized something about myself is that when I'm feeling sadness, I can't post about that right away. Whereas like when I'm feeling frustration, like give me a pen. <laughs> I want to write about it now because I want to like bust. Like you can think that way, but you don't have to. There's another way. Um, and so like different emotions will mean you want to post it at different times. And it also doesn't expire, right? So if you experience something five years ago and all of a sudden you've gotten to the place in your personal brand where you're like, you know what? I want to share this. You can, there's no statute of limitations on your experiences in terms of incorporating them into your content. So you don't have to use them right now. You can use them in the future. You don't ever have to use them in the future. You can talk about specific things and not other things, right? Like I've had other deaths that have impacted me differently that I haven't shared about it's not that there's like always these hard and fast rules. And in life, it's often nice to have hard and fast rules. But the thing about being a human is that how we show up as a human, how we experience life as a human isn't in a box of, of rules. And being authentic is about living, knowing that that is the case, giving yourself the permission to share what you want to share, giving yourself the permission to not share the stuff you don't want to share, and knowing that all of that is fine. I think that's great. And I think 
giving yourself permission to just say like, this doesn't expire. I think that's one of my favorite lines about authenticity is that your experiences don't expire. Like they build on each other and they continue to shape and have impact. And even if your experience is one thing today and then three months from now, that same experience has shifted and taught you something else, like bringing that in and applying it to where you are today, I think is a really great way to kind of do that gut check and say like, am I being authentic or am I just putting it in this box and saying, well, it happened this way at this time. So this is all it can mean that, you know, it's not, your authenticity is, is equally as fluid as the rest of your life. So I think that's really great. I, I like that line a lot about, you know, your experience is not expiring. And this, this idea of authenticity and kind of doing what feels right to you is something that I I speak to a lot with my clients and when I teach workshops and things like that. And because I specifically speak on on marketing strategy and creating marketing strategy, which I know we have in common, you know, when I tell my clients or I tell the people who are attending my workshops and they're like, okay, well, like what should my marketing strategy be? Just like lay it out for me. And I always say, you know what? Like I want you to focus on what you have the capacity for and what plays to your strengths, like what feels really good to you. If it's not social media, then like don't make that a major strategy of yours, you know, like just do what feels really good to you because that's going to help you like channel your energy and become more confident. So how do you, how do you kind of coach your clients and speak to your audiences about determining because i I'm going to bet that you probably get a very similar question among your clients. Like, well, what should I do? So how do you use your authenticity to drive the marketing side of your business and that strategy? Absolutely. And so I'm going to just start off by saying what I even get is that, like, how are how are you going to create my personal brand for me? <laughs> I'm just like, well, just – no, that's no. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You have a personal brand and we are going to tap into that personal brand and we are going to <laughs> attach it to marketing strategies. I'm not going to, I'm not here to tell you like, here's the one thing. I don't believe in one marketing strategy. There's like there's so many different marketing strategies and tactics that you can use because there's so many different types of people. And I like to talk about marketing strategies like they're clothes, right? Try it on. If you like it, do it. If you don't like it, don't keep doing it. <laughs> and sometimes we don't know until we try it on. Um, and so there's not like, I can't be like, oh, you Try a podcast, right? Like you can try a podcast. And if you don't like it, you don't have to keep doing it. Um, try a Facebook group. If you like a Facebook group, keep it. If you don't like it, don't do it. Right? Like there's, there's so many things to do. And when you tap into your personal brand, it can help you identify which of those opportunities might feel better for you. Um, so one of the things that my clients quite often experience is that they realize they're like having connection like they like the feeling of being connected with another person and that manifests through coffee chats or discovery calls or for me I do almost everything live so I like live podcast interviews I do a LinkedIn live actually I have two LinkedIn live series right like because I like to be live they feel easy for me. And it's so funny because I get people all the time that are like, wow, you're everywhere. You're on all the things. I'm like, 
I am not everywhere. For one, I'm like only on one platform, which is LinkedIn. Two, I just like do the things that are aligned with my business and feel fun for me to do. And because I embrace that, people think I'm everywhere. I just want to take, I want you guys to think about that for a minute because it's one strategy on one platform and like podcasts, but I connect with people on LinkedIn and then they invite me to their podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is how it happens. And so when you look at like, what are those things that feel really comfortable for me and you lean into those things, that's what makes people successful. That's what's made people before you successful too. Some people are, are really love the ads to a webinar, to an offer platform. And like, if that feels good for you, then do it. I, for one, am, I, like, I work in the coaching space. There's a lot of people in the coaching space who love the live launch method. And I, I hate it. <laughs> I learned it and I was like, I'm never going to do that. That sounds terrible. Um, and there's a lot of people who like swear by it and get really great results from it. And that's because when they show up to do it, it feels good. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel hard and like it's sucking your soul. <laughs> and because if, if, if you show up and it feels like it's sucking your soul, that is the energy that's going to come through to other people. Whereas like, like for me, I like lives. It gives me energy to talk to another person. So I always do them with another person, not just myself. That's what's fun for me. And then people feel the real me and therefore they connect with me and then they come and get my help. Um, Again, like the conceptually, it's simple. There's just so much of that other narrative about you need this, you need this, you must this, email list, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can do any of those things. I don't recommend that you should do all of those things, especially if you're a solopreneur. Just like, just don't. Just pick one. Pick one thing that you like and do that one thing really well. It's how everybody succeeds at work. Again, which is like, when you think about it in the simple, simple means, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But there's just like so much of that other narrative that convinces us that someone else knows a better way or we need to do more, we need to be more, therefore we need to do more. And quite often the people who achieve the highest level of things did one thing really, really well. And so if we can get back to that concept of let's choose that one thing really strategically based on how it's aligned with us as a human and our personal brand. And then one, it's easier to do because you only have one thing you're doing. Two, if it's fun for you, you're gonna get more excited about doing it. And three, if it's fun for you, the way people receive you is the way you want to be received. So it's, again, very simple. Pick a thing, pick a place, pick Mm -hmm. one place, pick one thing, and just do you. And if you feel like you want to hang out in multiple places, do that. You like Instagram and LinkedIn? Great. Hang out on both. You like to show up in real. I don't know anything about reels. You like to do reels on Instagram, and then you like to do written posts on LinkedIn, great, do that. There's, there's a way to puzzle all of these things together in a way that works specifically for you. And this is what we both are working on in this arena is find the things that work for you and then just do the things that work for you and get rid of the things that don't because heaven knows nobody's got time for that. 
Absolutely. I it's funny like we are kindred spirits in <laughs> this regard because it but it's taken me a long time as as a solopreneur to like ease into that. You know, like when I first started, I was like I and I'm curious if this was like your experience too as a as a former corporate marketer. I was like, okay, well, in my corporate job, what I would have done is like, I would have created a campaign that had all of these channels. And so I've got to use all of the channels and like, I'm a marketer. And so like, I know how to use them all. So I'm going to do them all. And it took me a little bit and I'm still in places like I, like social media is not my forte, but like I have a social media presence. It's really just podcast content that gets funneled over. So I'm not putting like a a ton of extra energy into it from that regard. But um, it it was this kind of trap that I fell into. And then too, it was something that like early on and I look back and I kind of cringe like when I was talking to like potential clients and, and creating my podcast content and stuff, I was like, you know, do all the things. And then it registered with me that, A, that's not realistic for, you know, like I was trying to do it and I'm like, this is really hard and I know how to do these things. Mm -hmm. And so it took a minute though to kind of like ease in and get comfortable with the idea of like, just stick to the things that like you really enjoy. You really enjoy your podcast. So focus on your podcast. Like social media content doesn't have to measure up and be the same as somebody else who loves social content creation. That's not the space that you want to be in. I I love watching other people's reels. I'm always fascinated by the creativity. And then I and I've got all these ideas and then I think about um how long is it going to take me to execute that and the joy is instantly gone. And so I just don't. I just don't. And am I losing business over it? I don't know, maybe. But like well, and the thing that I always like to say there is if you think about, I, I had someone ask me this question about, she was so excited to start a podcast, one of my clients. And I'm like, this is great. Like, like lots of people create an entire business just based, just based on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but do you think I'm missing out on people by not having a Facebook group? Well, probably. Right. <laughs> but right. you can't also serve both of those markets at the same time. So would you rather have a Facebook group or would you rather have a podcast? If you're excited about doing a podcast and the thought of a Facebook group sounds terrible to you, then you should focus on your podcast and the people who are going to listen to your podcast. Because there are different types of people who want to listen to a podcast and learn that way versus people who want to participate in a Facebook group and learn that way. It's just different people. You're trading people, right? So like, are there other people over there you could serve? Absolutely there are. But do you want to serve them that way? If you don't, then are you going to serve them the best anyway? And so it's it's really looking at, and I, I want to just talk about this too, because if any of your listeners are coming from a corporate background, especially a corporate marketing background, in corporate marketing, you have all the budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have all the budget yes. for all the channels. And you have a team. You have a team of people. Maybe they're consultants and maybe they're in-house, but you have a whole team of people whose job is just to create content, right? And like, I was a VP of marketing. My job was to make sure all the content seemed congruent, right? Like just because we were creating so much in a whole bunch of places. Was all of that content useful? No. Did it all convert? No. There's just, and when you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, even small business owner, right? And maybe you have a VA that's doing some of this work for you. It's not, Most of that marketing isn't paying for itself. And when you're an entrepreneur, you need your marketing to pay for itself. 
So you need to be more cognizant of the time you're putting in, the money you're putting in, the channels you're focusing on, because you just don't have that. And it, I think it's good because so much money and so many resources are wasted in corporate marketing. And I know because I live there. But if you're coming out of corporate marketing, that's what you're used to. You're used to doing all the things. And maybe you're even used to looking at the stats on the things, but you're not used to eliminating the things that don't work. You're used to tweaking them until they work. And in the solopreneur space, we just don't have that. We don't have that, that option. You, we, we need yeah. to eliminate the things that don't work. And I will tell you, one of the best things that I did, and I read it early in my entrepreneurial journey, which was just lucky because someone recommended the book to me. It's a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And the focus is figuring out the one thing. So the question it asks is, what's the one thing I can do right now so that all other things become easier or unnecessary? And it's just an amazing question to change your thinking around like, so I'll give you guys an example. I write a blog. I write a blog because I like to write my blog. I have fun writing a blog. You by no means have to have a blog. I have a blog because I have fun writing my blog. When I think about the one thing I could do in this moment to help people the way I want to help them, writing my blog never makes, never makes the top of the list. It's never the most important thing I can do. It's never, writing a blog is never going to make the requirements of some other task disappear, right? Blogging I do because it's fun for me. But if I'm going to focus on doing things that make me money in my business, it's not my blog. My blog doesn't make me money. And so it's looking at those things. Do you, can you do stuff that is fun for you? Yes. I'm also one of those people. I love writing social content. I actually had a coach who told me I had to outsource it. And I was like, I would hate doing that. One, because I would think the other person is not representing me in the best possible way. And I'm taking away something from my business that I actually like to do. So there's so many things in our business that we have to do. It's important to keep the things you like to do because that's what makes going to work fun. I'm doing air quotes. I always do air quotes and then I'm like, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Quote, unquote, what you like to do, right? So we, you have to balance it with things you like to do. Otherwise, you're going to hate going to work for your own business. And that is not going to be sustainable. I will tell you that. Now, in terms of the things that do, like the one thing, when you look at, look at things you're doing, right? Like this is why I have, I have a presence on Instagram because people can tag me. People can tag me in content and that's pretty much it, right? So, so you can tag me on the, this podcast for the content, but I don't show up there and I have a link to my LinkedIn profile because that's where I show up. Um, I have been, a, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram because I just don't, it doesn't feel like me. And so like, I don't go on it anymore. It fell off the list, right? Being able to create content for Instagram, I'm never going to create a, rate, a reel ever in my life. <laughs> I will never create a TikTok video in my life. And I'm also a dancer. So everybody is like, you should just do TikTok. And I'm like, I just, no, it doesn't feel like me. I recently just can't, like in May, I closed my Facebook group because I had no love for it anymore. Um, I recently just like deleted the Facebook app off my phone because I'm like, Facebook just isn't my place. And it makes, it doesn't make me feel good when I hang out there. Whereas like LinkedIn makes me feel good when I hang out there and other people have different perspectives of different platforms. And that's why there's different platforms, but being able to even like say, okay, I put, I pinned this one post on my Facebook profile 
about who I am and where you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and like, because that's where I want to be. I don't have to be in all the places. So being able to think this, like, what is the one thing I can do? And for me, the one thing I can do so that all other things, closing business, air quotes, <laughs> closing business becomes easier is showing up live. So that is what I do. And that is all I do. And I coach and I show up live and I coach and that's it. Um, and it can be that simple. And like, of course, you need to work on the like, you can't just show up live and never follow up with people. You need to have like, some kind of funnel, but that funnel is also based off of you. And it's based off of how would I do that? How would, how would I follow up with a person? What would I ask them? What would I want to know? How often would I follow up? All of these questions are questions you have the answer to. You're just not used to answering the questions. We are taught from a very young age to look for answers outside of ourselves and then use those answers in our planning of things. We just don't have the practice asking ourselves that question and that's why I love the one thing question is it's like what can I do what can I do I can do unique things and I'm going to take different actions than Caitlin's going to take and the different actions than you guys are going to take because you are you and if even if we're all trying to solve the exact same problem we're going to come at it a different way because we have different ideas, different experience, different skills. And that is the point is about embracing your experience, embracing your skill and figuring out your way to do it. And your way can work. And that's the most important thing that you need to remember. <laughs> and because if you think someone else's way is better than your way, you're always going to be looking for someone else's way. If you know that your way can work and it's just a matter of you figuring out how to make your way work, then you get your creative problem-solving brain turned on and you make it work. That's fantastic. I love I love that advice. So I'm going to ask this question, even though I, you may have already answered it, but in the, in the one thing, I think the one thing is great. I'm going to look that, look that up and I'm going to start um, trying to apply that. But what is one actionable step, if it's different than the one thing, if it's one actionable step that listeners can take today to better define their brand and be more aligned in their marketing? The one other thing I would just say is to listen to yourself. So the one thing is a resource. It's external to you. Read it, listen to it. It might help you. It really helped me. But what it taught me to do was look inside for the answers and look at how I can answer the question. So the one question I always leave my clients with is how would you do it? Cause I was like, what do I do? I need an email funnel. How, how, how do I build that? What would you do? What would you do? And practice asking yourself that question. What would I do? Cause the first few times you ask it, you will have no idea how to answer the question and that's okay. You, it, it's a practice. And practice, practice looking at it. When you learn something new, when you go to a webinar, you do a five-day challenge, because let's be honest, we all do them. Um, you do one. Ask yourself, would I do that? Is that something I would do? Because Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that's what you should do. So when you, you read someone else's post and they're telling you, these are the top 10 habits of high performers, just look at those and be like, would I do that? I always... <laughs> I always see the one about taking cold showers and I'm just like, I will never, I will never take a cold shower. It's just like not, not <laughs> in the cards for me. And that's fine. Right. Like I'm not a failure as a leader or a business right. owner, as a person, because I don't take cold showers guys. Like 
just it, it, it's a practice for you to get that confidence and knowing that you can decide this is your life, this is your business, this is your marketing strategy. You get to decide. So what works for you and what doesn't? And if you don't know, try it on. Try it on and take it off. Take it off though if it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, don't just keep it on because you tried it on. No one does that. No one does this. That's why I like the clothes analogy. Yeah, analogy for right? sure. Like, you go to the store. You try on a shirt. You don't like it. You don't buy it. <laughs> like, right. But I, I didn't know different. until I tried it yeah. on. So try it on. If you don't like it, take it off. If you love it, keep it on. If you're not sure, wear it a little bit. You, then if you don't like it a month later, take it off. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, just permission to start practicing answering the question, how would I do it? What would I do? That is fantastic. Tracy, thank you so much for all of your time and expertise today. You've mentioned it several times. Listeners can connect with you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Start marketing listeners. You have some very actionable advice about owning your own brand and creating marketing strategies that feel really authentic to you. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Start Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. And don't forget, you can also join the brand new Start Marketing community, which I am very excited about, and get exclusive access to more conversations like this and have all of your important answers, all of your important questions about how exactly to build your brand. Okay, maybe not exactly, but like you can ask your questions about how to build a brand so you can feel confident about your branding and marketing. And those are linked in the show notes, as are all of the ways Tracy's website and her LinkedIn profile. So until next time.